Clifford, it's just you and I today. I know, this studio feels so big. It certainly does, but you know what? That means we've got a whole heap of time to get stuck into questions. Yes, exactly. And we had a lot of questions last week, so if you didn't get a chance to ask yours, you can give us a call. Perfect time. And we'll kick us off with a bit of the Bengals. Oh, I do have uh, a couple of lost dogs on a golf course, which I'll... So they're not All right. lost, they're lost to their owners. We know where they are. Okay. David, you're an expert in animals, but also you were just telling me a hilarious story about Jennifer Saunders, one that she told yes. about the Bengals. Yeah, apparently they were quite the party girls. Took took her back to a party one time. Took her pa- yeah, back to a party, and I think Jen Saunders says she's hung out with a couple of other famous party rock bands. Rolling Stones, she mentioned also. And the Bengals would uh, give them a run for their money. <laughs> Go girls. Go girls. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. It is Pet Chat, 49216216. If you've got a question or concern, get in nice and early and we'll get through lots of calls today. But I do need to say we've had uh, Wendy ring in. Thank you, Wendy. There's two lost dogs wandering around on Merriweather Golf Course. Now, mm. one's a black Labrador slash Kelpie looking pooch. Uh, has a collar, but no contact details. And the other is a Benji lookalike. Isn't Benji like a, a bit of a bitzer? Terrier cross. Yeah, it's yeah. a shaggy hair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, tan probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So if you're missing your dogs, apparently um, you know, a couple of people have found them on the golf course, but they're right in the middle of the 10th hole, so they couldn't, um, they couldn't leave. Oh, crit- critical putt on that 10th, isn't <laughs> That's it? That's right. So that Merriweather Golf Course is kind of backing into Adamstown as well. So, so yeah, for that might area. Have escaped from the backyard. And hello to Susan. You're in Wall's End. And a question today for Dr. David Tabret about your Maltese cross. Yeah, well, um, she really um, loves chasing the little lizards around. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she's eating the tails and then she's violently ill. Oh. And then she and then she starts eating grass and things like that. So sometimes we'll see the dogs may do this as a behavioural thing. You know, it's exciting; they're going to chase uh, things around. Yeah. But obviously, uh, lizards and you know similar creatures have various defences. Now, one of them is that they can run away, but obviously, if they get caught, they also can have a defence where uh, the taste or even some um, fluid on their skin is quite bitter and causes uh, the dog to be sick. Now, hopefully, from the lizard's perspective or whatever the creature is, frogs do this a bit too, but, um, you know, that the dog would spit them out. But sometimes, yeah. you know, the situation is the dogs, like you said, little dogs, bit in the tail, and then the fluid is quite um, irritating and it causes vomiting. Uh, and that's not unusual. That's really part of the part of the defence mechanism for the um, lizard. But it's also why would the you know why would your dog keep doing it? Because chasing something that's moving is far more stimulating and um, very exciting. So perhaps if we could try to um, find some sort of toys or games that he can involve that are chasing things that hopefully don't look like lizards. Well. She's got everything. She's, She's got everything. She just she wants the She just wants the lizard's tail. Yeah. So she they can't w- help herself. So they won't hurt her long-term, David. They just they make her sick, obviously. No. She, she, and, yeah. and she vomits from it, does she, as yeah. well, Susan? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. And, yeah. Then she goes for a walk in the morning, then she's violently ill when she has her smacko for being a good girl. <laughs> 
Well, she wasn't a good girl, though, if she ate the lizard. <laughs> yeah. Just the well, tail. she didn't eat all of it. She just ate the tail, the wiggly part. My goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. And then they, they eat the grass because the grass yeah. is kind of like a purgative. It'll clean their... You know, their stomach out for a lot of dogs. I was going to ask about that. Um, it's just reminded me, can dogs eat grass just for fun or yes. is it usually indicating that they do feel unwell? No, some dogs will graze. And okay. cats, cats do this a lot too. They'll just graze and eat grass and they don't necessarily, you know, will vomit, not all the time. Okay. Um, so a lot of people say, oh, they're eating grass because they're feeling nauseous. Some dogs... They just like either the taste or yeah. the texture or whatever it is. So in Susan's case, uh, it's a bit of a difficult one to try to curb that behaviour. Well, one I guess. of yeah, one of the things about having lots of toys and everything for them is that toys don't generally move around, so they're very yeah. passive. Whereas the lizards moving, so you can actually get now various toys um, that will move and stimulate. You know the behaviour. Little from the electronic dog. mice. You know the toy mice. That well, we don't see. Then we get into the problems where if they're too small and they're swallowed, uh, now you've got a trip to the vet to remove a toy from your yeah. dog's belly, or also um, if they break them open, okay, the pieces. And the other thing is our batteries are particularly dangerous. Yes, because yeah, yeah. if the battery is punctured, the contents are very caustic. Yes, uh, alkaline substances. So it's going to be. It's a little bit fraught with difficulty, and unfortunately, I think from the liz- lizard perspective, you know, they just hang around. What we've done in our yard for the bigger lizards is we get polypipe, and we've cut yeah. them into about oh, a foot long, and I've got about three or four of these polypipes, you know, just went to your local hardware, pick one up, even get them to cut it for you, and just lay them around in the garden so that things like your blue tongues and your bigger skinks... They can escape Hopefully, yeah. they've got somewhere to go. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah, well, well, she just loves the tails. Well, there's not much we can do about oh, that. Oh, good luck with it. So, yeah, it's it's about monitoring, isn't it? And that's really, you know. It is. Also, sometimes the lizards and those things are more active at various times of the day. So just being aware and making sure, you know, that we're not going to put put our dogs out when the lizards are more active. When they're out sunning or that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Susan. 49216216. It's Pet Chat today. Uh, now, we do have an email that's come in, David, and this one is from Kim. Now, she's got an older cat, and she said uh, recently, the last few weeks, she's noticed that it seems a little bit lethargic and weak when it's walking, mm. and it's slowed down when it's eating. Um, she's just wondering any thoughts on this. It's quite a common complaint that we hear with older pets, particularly with cats, and there are a number of problems that can be causing this. So I would probably say to Kim, the main thing here is you're going, we're going to need to get your cat to the vet mm. to get a checkup. So the sort of things we'd be looking for is when we do a physical exam, we want to assess the muscle um, condition. You know, is there any signs of muscle loss, muscle wastage? Um, also, we want to be able to palpate kidneys. So a lot of these cats would have some degree of kidney disease that could be causing the weakness that we're seeing. Okay. And part of the reason for that is that with chronic kidney disease, we do see a loss of potassium uh, through the urine. And this potassium is involved in muscle strength. So a loss of potassium means we need to actually supplement that. That would require a blood test, and when we do a blood test, we're going to assess a lot of other things as well. 
just before we get to the blood test, let's finish the physical exam. We also want to assess not just the kidney and the abdomen, but also what's the heart doing. So have we got any signs of heart disease, any signs of airway disease? Both of those things are obviously a contributor to um, weakness developing in an older cat. Can you treat cats for heart disease? I know there's medication for dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, same, yeah. same Definitely. principle? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and we, we've advanced a lot, over the, certainly over the past 20 years and the past 10 years especially. We've now got better treatments that are providing uh, increased quantity and quality of life for our pets with heart disease. Um, similarly with things like kidney disease, we may not be able to specifically reverse the uh, existing kidney disease, but we could certainly slow down the progression of it. And if we're seeing signs of potassium deficiency, we actually supplement them with potassium and that would help then things like the muscle weakness as okay. well. And getting the checkups a crucial thing because I know you tell us all the time that with our older animals, if we think that they are really lethargic mm. or they're not, you know, don't just put it down to old age, uh, go get it checked because they could be in pain and not feeling great. Exactly, exactly. Arthritis, that's another good one. We oh, see that yeah. as well. But yeah. yes, it's a adage of mine is that old age is not a disease, but it does, does give you more time to get sick. It's so very true. hang around for long enough, things start to happen. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's Pet Chat. We're going to have a break. Uh, give us a call, 49216216. Still to come, we do need to look at our uh, dog of the week. And, David, we've touched on it before, but it's it's not going away, this issue, separation anxiety. So having a little bit of, bit of a look at that with our pets and what you're seeing at the moment in the clinics. That's when, when I'm not here at Pet Chat. I have separation anxiety. <laughs> of course you do. You're only human. <laughs> We're talking all things pets because it's pet chat. We've got Rob on the line in Budgie Wee. Hello, Rob. You want to have a chat about um, the dogs chasing lizards' tails, which, of course, was an issue that Susan had with her dog. That's correct. Yeah, what's your comment? Well, the, you're never going to distract the dog from something that's moving like that with a static ball or whatever. Yes. So what you need to do is to gather up a couple of these tails before the dog chews them and <laughs> just smear over them some Tabasco or some chilli sauce or some hot mustard or something and just let the dog lick it up and spit it out and then keep that up for a couple of weeks and um, the dog will probably get, never get, attempt to go for another tail again. Good on you, Rob. Aversive behaviour. There you go. Right. We're so controlling the behaviour by saying yep. to teaching the dog that if so you making the, yeah you're making the dog use its brain instead of just going into automatic. Uh, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to chase a lizard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once it catches, because it is catching these lizards and getting the tails, so confiscate the tails, put them in something pretty horrific. Yeah, chili sauce. Yeah, chili sauce, and then uh, give it back to the dog. Yep. All right. Let, let him taste it, and it's and worth then, uh, it's worth a shot, isn't it? Do you reckon that could work, David? I think it could. Are you speaking from experience, Rob? <laughs> I was a um, dog behaviourist. Oh, there you go. And, and you've tr this is a tried and tested means, obviously. Well, we've used it for other things that dogs have gone for. Yes, that people don't want chewed. I mean, you can you can do it around legs of furniture or whatever puppies are, are chewing. You don't want them to chew. Uh, give them a bad experience, and they remember it a bit like human. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Rob, while we've got you on the phone, because I've thought about this before and seen this, have you ever seen a dog that actually liked the Tabasco sauce? 
Yeah, that's why I offered the mustard and the other one. Something else. Right. Right. So you've got to find, obviously, yeah, something that they Maybe, really don't yeah. like. Or wasabi. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, wasabi is a good one. <laughs> yeah. It used to be a product which we recommended for dogs that were chewing their fur or whatever, which was called Bitter Apple. Yes. It was a spray, but I don't know whether it's available anymore. It obviously being um, a very bitter apple, as it says, uh, is not harmful for the dog. It's just very bitter because unripe apples is what it was probably made from. Yeah, right. okay. Thank Excellent. you. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Rob. That's really good advice, and uh, no doubt Susan's uh, listening and writing this down. Uh, let's go to Philip now in Newcastle. Philip, you've got an older cat that uh, keeps urinating in your son's bedroom. Yeah, um, good afternoon, guys. Um, and it's only fairly recent, and then oh. uh, clothes that he just left lying around on the floor. Okay. So I was actually wondering whether my son potentially has annoyed the cat and it's payback time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> now, how, how old's the cat? Uh, Hammy would be 17. Oh, okay. Male or female? Male. And how many cats do you have? Two. Two. How many litter trays in the house? Uh, two. All right. Okay. So... Um, couple of things 17 year old cat could be urinating because we've got kidney disease and I've had him at the vet recently and yes. kidneys are okay kidneys are okay that's good to check yeah. out so you can cross yeah. that off yeah yeah um one of the things that can sometimes happen as well I, I would always advocate have for litter trays i'd have one per cat plus one so oh, okay right probably okay. want another litter tray i would consider putting the litter tray in your son's bedroom <laughs> well, it's either that or the clothes. Let him know it? it's not for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing to do is probably also try two different litters across the three trays. So some okay. some cats, for whatever reason, will develop aversion to one particular type of litter. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. not, you know, if you've got um, a, a crystal or a grain type, litter don't just get another one that's like a sand or something you want to get one of the say compressed paper or something that's what we typically use is the compressed recycled paper yeah so i would probably try one of the pebbly ones okay thank you try that um by putting it in your son's bedroom maybe if you find the cat actually does start using it then it could just be oh I, i was nearby and i needed to go and then actually it was the absence of the litter tray. And then you could find maybe you could move the litter tray over time, but you probably need to have them in different places around the house. Yeah, okay. I might okay. try an upstairs bathroom or something. And yeah. And the, the other thing I would suggest is that for a 17-year-old cat, sometimes, and Sarah and I were talking about this earlier, about another email question that we had um, is that um, you can actually get uh, behavioural change associated with um, cognitive decline, I guess we call it dementia, and that can also yeah. be an issue as well. So I think, okay. you know, providing opportunity by making sure we've got enough litter trays, making sure yeah. that your cat's not averting the different types of litter, um, you've yeah. already had the kidneys checked out, and if it is otherwise associated um where you can't really specify what's going on, maybe just keeping the door locked and closed off the floor. Yeah, 
<laughs> but you don't think it's revenge, David. Cats, then it's not that that way of thinking. Cats often look at you as if they are plotting your ultimate death. Yeah, your demise. They do. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, I'm going to pick your old, old. I'm going to pick your old age nursing home for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But no, I don't think I don't think they're they're conspiring. Um, you know, to use the hammer in yeah. the library. I think it's just. Um, <laughs> It's just a couple of other factors. So. All right. Well, good luck, Philip. There's a few things to try. Let us know how you go because we'd love to know how you get on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Philip. Lovely. Thanks so much for taking my call. All right. You're welcome. So, David, that can happen where, um, you know, a, a cat may be using a, a type of litter for many years but then just one day decide that it doesn't like that, that litter anymore. Can that happen? Usually, more likely there's an actual reason. Uh, trigger reason, I okay. think. But... Um, because cats can be very habitual, yes. you know, so it's not just like randomly, oh, I just don't like it anymore. Um, one of the ones that we've seen is um, younger cats, for instance, are house trained and then they get desexed. And I've seen this with male cats, they get desexed and then they refuse to use the litter tray. Oh, okay. And, and it may actually then turn into they'll refuse to use that particular litter um, the reason is is that the first time they go home after being desexed, maybe it's a little bit sore and they associate that with the litter tray. Right, okay. But any um, particular instance, and talking about pain, I guess, is another thing about litter trays is, you know, can the cat, particularly at age 17, we do see arthritis in cats. So if they're ca- litter trays that have got very high sides on them. Could be an effort to get into the trays. It's a bit harder to get in. Well, the clothes s- would be more comfy. Right, that's exactly right. Oh, that could be another factor. So different shape litter trays could be helpful as well. Okay, well, I know Philip's still listening, so that might be another one if they're high, maybe. Um, yeah, if try the sides are high, down. Try, try them with lower sides, see if that works. You're always thinking, aren't you, David? Always thinking outside I've got that to square. keep up with them all. <laughs> you certainly. <laughs> Pet Chat, we're going to go to uh, Alison. Hello, Alison. You're in North Lampton and you've got a question about a seven-month-old puppy. I do, indeed. Um, he is very um, overreactive to any type of animal that appears on TV, generally ones with four legs, um, mm-hmm. but that can be in... There's lots of ads that have cute dogs in them now and it could be a you know a horse race or anything and he, he runs at the TV and bark, 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 that isn't... We thought it was kind of cute for the first um, <laughs> few weeks, but now it's, <laughs> now it's very annoying. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, so he yeah, gets quite, quite animated. He runs at the TV and starts yeah. barking and, you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. He's absolutely enthralled. And then he'll, he'll just sit glued. You know, he'll go back to his basket and just sit glued to the TV waiting for it to come back again. You know, so... Wow. Um, so yeah. we've we've proven that his eyesight's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. What type of dog is he? Oh, look, he's a little, um, you know, poodly, shih Maltese, cross, little fluffy dog. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Do you have any other animals, Alison? I do. I do. I've got a, um, a six-year-old um, big dog, like a, a Great Dane cross. He's a Extremely placid and calm, and just looks at him with disdain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> looks at him with disdain. I love. That. Says, why, why are you yeah, carrying on does. like he that? He literally ro- he rolls his eyes at him. <laughs> yeah, stop him, stop embarrassing me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I probably for puppies, everything in the world is exciting. Everything, you know, we're seeing, we're hearing. 
obviously we're not smelling the other, the dogs or animals on the TV, but everything's exciting. It's all new. And so your puppy is just reacting in a, in a very kind of, I guess, an adolescent type of behavior, just very excited. One of the things that, and Sarah and I were chatting about this before the show, was about the effect on our animals associated with the past couple of years with lockdowns and, and you know, now people are going back to work and things like that. And we haven't had the social exposure for a lot of dogs, um, particularly with dogs their own age, that um, it helps to have the older dog there because the older dog is actually modelling a type of behaviour that, you know, is more preferable. Um, probably a lot of what you're seeing too is in contrast, that you're, check, you're comparing the puppy against your older dog and going, oh, that's a bit over the top. Um, and your older dog is probably underreacting just because of their nature anyway. I'm not saying that's a problem, but it's the yeah. contrast that is actually standing out quite a bit for you. So we've got this combination of things, new puppy, very excited, and at the same time, um, you know, hasn't been exposed to as much of the world as we might have seen over the previous years. And I think this contributes to um, some of these behaviours with dogs. And sometimes you have to be really careful because it can then flip over into something a bit more pathological where they, you know, every time a dog comes on, they actually start chewing the furniture or things like that, which is... Almost like your dog is overexcited and stimulated so much they can't control it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of things you can do. One is, I guess, just being conscious that there is this comparison and that to some extent it is a bit of a normal behaviour. But some things that you can do is actually then utilise this time to help train your dog and just to get their attention. And if you can get their attention for a second, just asking them to sit or to look at you, give them a food treat and then see if you can extend that period of time. And gradually what you'll find is your dog will be looking at you but looking over at the telly and looking at you, looking at the telly. We don't want to get annoyed or raise our voice, you know, or rouse on them. But if you can get their attention just for a split second, then over time we'll be able to extend that so that he's actually, when an ad comes on and a dog comes on the telly, he starts looking at you to go, hey, I'm being good, why don't I get a treat? And obviously you want to do that. Um, and if worse comes to the worst, you can always film it, put it on YouTube and probably make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not watching Yellowstone at the moment. I'm obsessed with that, but there are a lot of uh, cows and bulls and four-legged animals <laughs> running around, so I don't think that would go well in the household. No. no well, that might be a good uh, training session, though. But yes. I, know, I know they're going to appear. Yeah, yeah actually, you could you could put on YouTube um, with the clips of the, the dogs and start the train. You could decide yeah. when you want to train through yeah. doing that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, years and years ago, we used to have dogs, for instance, that would have anxiety associated with, say, thunderstorms. And we'd have to almost wait for the thunderstorm season yeah, to be yeah. able to train them. Now we can do it. Yeah. And I even remember yeah. you used to be able to get a cassette of thunderstorms to train yeah. your dogs. And, of course, nowadays we've got access to basically anything that you need to conduct this training with. But just remember, it's little steps, okay? It's not you're not yeah. going to get him to sit yeah. through a David Attenborough wildlife documentary <laughs> for an hour. It's, it's, you're not going to cope with that. It's just going to be little steps, yeah. and if it's one second, and just then getting that attention initially, yep. yeah, and only yeah. train for about yeah. ten minutes at a time, if that, 
um, just so that we yeah. don't kind of overdo the teaching. All right. No, oh. Okay, all right. Good luck, you. Alison. Go. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> you, you've got some work ahead of you with the training, but it will be worth it in the oh, end. Yeah. Uh, we've got Matt in Waratah. Hello, Matt. What's your question today for Dr. David Tabret? Okay, David, this is going to be a good one for you. Excellent. <laughs> the opening line of this paperwork is in some Eastern cultures, tinnitus is thought to be divine communication from the gods. Well, I'm not a religious man, but the gods are very unkind. Oh, you've got bad tinnitus? Absolutely shocking. And and the more I've looked into it, the more appointments I've had between Sydney and Sydney. There's no one in Newcastle that can help me. But the paperwork I'm reading at the moment, the benefits of animals and... It's about the purring of cats mm. and the relaxation of having a cat on your lap mm-hmm. and the purring to drown out this tinnitus, which so ironically is, is from excessive noise in the workplace, which is where I would have got mine, but now it's a mind and a brain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought I, 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 I've exhausted every avenue in Newcastle um, you know, all the sound therapy tools, uh, your white noise, um, which is to do with a thousand different noises at the same frequencies that drown it out. And and water seems to be one that helps me, but I've just been reading paperwork that my doctor gave me and the benefits of a cat. I've never, oh. I've never heard of this, but I can... We do talk about Perth therapy... But this is more for the cat. Um, <laughs> that if actually, if you've got so now you do remember now, Matt. Just just so we clarify, you've rung yes. pet chat, not MediChat. Um, oh, no, 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 so I'm not a human doctor. <laughs> I just I just thought you might have you might have heard. I haven't. No, I haven't oh, right. heard of it. But I have, as I said, I've heard of. We talk about Perth therapy with cats, but this is actually for the cat. Um, because when we talk about per therapy is utilised in a number of different ways with cats. So, yeah. for instance, cats that have got respiratory disease or lung disease, the purring actually agitates their lung and it helps them clear any infections and things. It's part of what we do. Right. Yeah. But another thing is that um, for, and I guess it's the same for people, but for cats that actually do seem a bit anxious and stressed, that if we can get them to a scenario where they're able to sit and purr, then that's very calming for them as well. So on the other hand, I think as anybody who has a cat that wants to lay on top of you and purr, it can be quite calming until the point where you want to get off and then they bite you. (laughs) And and I'll be 130,000% honest, I've never been a pet owner. So, and you um, might not necessarily get would, a cat that sits and purrs. I would probably talk to some friends that you could see if anybody has a cat, loan a cat, or yeah, because you may find <laughs> this could be something that really does help. And I don't know; yeah. I've never read about it. But I, you know, I don't want you to get a, a pet that you've now got for the rest of its life and find that it does nothing and yeah. it actually doesn't want to be near you. Because it's all, all to do with what they call neuromonics, which mm. is an awfully expensive way to try and 
relieve tinnitus because there is no cure. That's that's the one word that I've found. Everybody that I've spoken to in Sydney, that's the one word that is not usable. Right, is, is oh, a what cure. A shame. I, I, yeah, I think, it, look, it may well be worth a go, but I would suggest that you find a way to trial it out with, um, and, you know, it might take a couple of cats that you hang out with. I'm, it sounds really weird, but there is there is a number, I don't know about in Newcastle, but I remember going to a cat cafe once in, um, I went to one in Singapore, yes. and I've been to one in the Gold Coast. There's, and just go in. There's a couple in Sydney, I think. Yeah, you just go in, in and sit there and there's, there's like 20 cats and then some of them ignore you and some come and sit with you. All right. So, so yeah, that's a great idea for yeah, Matt I, if I you've just, got I don't friends. know if there's any here, but I would suggest that probably do it on a trial basis before you commit. Oh, let's hope it works. Wouldn't yeah. that be marvellous? Well, Matt, that's a really interesting one. So thank you for finishing Pet Chat today with that. That you know that was very interesting. Uh, before we do go, though, David, we need to quickly do our Dog of the Week. Uh, and we've got a happy boy. We've got Jet. Now, Jet uh, is a 16-week-old Mastiff Cross puppy. Is he only 16 weeks? I know. He looks pretty big, doesn't he? I mean, it is a close-up. Yes, that's true. It is a close-up, but um, he's very sweet-natured. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. He's cuddling his human in this uh, photo, just chilling out on his shoulder. Um, he's more playful and always on the go compared to his brother, Benny. So he does have a brother at the moment, uh, but he loves people. He's very happy and healthy. Um, he's well socialised with other puppies and adult dogs, small and large. So that's that's a bonus, isn't mm-hmm. it, um, with mm-hmm. a big dog? Um, so, look, he's still growing. He's going to be a large dog. He'll obviously, you need to continue puppy training as you do with any animals, but he really is gorgeous. He's not dissexed yet, um, so obviously he will get dissexed before um, he's made available. But if you're interested in Jet, please head to our website, 2NURFM.com.au. That's it, David. Great. Lovely. Didn't get to your topic, I'm sorry. I'll be back next week. Save it for next week. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.